Good morning, everybody. Hope you had a good weekend. And if it went terribly wrong, then forget about it. We don't mourn you. We just crack on with whatever we got ahead of us. So just today, so you just got to keep going. There's no room here to waste time thinking about the weekend. Even how good your weekend is, don't try and extend it. Don't try and fall, oh, I wish the weekend was longer. But it's not, right? So enjoy it for what it was. And let's get on with today and enjoy today instead, as opposed to dwelling on the past. So the first thing I want to share a few studies with you today. A um, few studies have come across in the weekend, you know, real fun weekend this year <laughs> over here. Um, working on the app, making sure it's right, getting all the, uh, making sure the Turtle Smart Mind algorithm is up to date and all this stuff. So real exciting weekend down here. Did have a few pairs though. Um, so that was, that was good. Not conference pairs. I did see a few of them about, I was going to bin them. But I've had a very good weekend, in fact. I feel, you know what, like, I think we are restricted when we think the only thing that's good on weekends is if you go drinking. I think it's flawed. But anyway, let's get on to these studies. I'll shut up about all that stuff. The first study is on before and after photos. And it's a troubling re- revelation. Um, so losing weight makes you healthier is a, is, a, is a claim that is often made, right? And there is science behind this that if people with higher BMIs lose about 5 to 10% of their body weight, it's been shown that this will reduce depression, cardiovascular disease risk, it'll improve mobility, sexual function, and improve markers of polycystic ovary syndrome in some studies. So, you know, of course, there is health benefits. And 5-10% of the body weight isn't extreme, right? So that just proves to you there's meaningful health benefits from moderate weight loss, even for people with high BMIs. Okay, that's great news because we don't have to lose a huge amount straight away to see the health benefits, right? The bad news is the study looked at was that, and it was studied done a research paper by the UNSW Sydney in Australia, that most people don't believe it. So most people don't believe there's benefits of losing a bit of weight. They just think, nah, you've got to lose loads. You've got to lose it all. There's no point, Scott. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, Scott? I need to lose it all yesterday. And if I haven't, then I suck and I, my health isn't going to improve. That's what we think, right? And it's very flawed. So the study asked 600 people to look at before and after weight loss photos. And each participant was shown the before photo of a woman categorized as obese by the scientists. However, they didn't see all see the same after photos. Some were given the original before photo showing no weight loss. Oh, you sneaky researchers. Uh, a photo showing moderate weight loss and a photo showing a major transformation in quotes. Um, then the researchers asked the participants to estimate the woman's overall health. Here's what the study found. Participants rated the woman who had the major transformation as significantly healthier than a woman who had the same, who was the same in both photos. But the woman who achieved moderate weight loss, she wasn't rated any healthier than the woman who didn't change. So based on this, the researchers speculate people may expect and desire major weight loss because they believe it's necessary to improve their health. Yet, they say, statistically speaking, major weight loss isn't likely to happen. The annual probability of a woman categorized as obese losing enough weight loss to achieve a normal, in quotes, BMI is 1 in 124. However, the annual probability of that same woman losing a modest amount of weight is 1 in 10. And when you follow something like the turtle method, it's even higher, I would would suspect. So the problem is, right, the researchers looked into this, is that we've got diet culture, is to blame for this, again, back to it, has created these huge expectations 
and they set you all up for disappointment. They show you dramatic before and after photos and you think and you link that to a healthier person. The amount of stories from before and afters and after has been all the way back on, even in the worst state mentally, is there's so many of them out there that we don't see them because we are only focused on, oh, look at that change, look at that physical change. We think a physical change equals overall health change, and it's not. We know yo-yo dieting is extremely dangerous. It needs to be put up uh, as dangerous as smoking, you know, that type of labeling, like, stop doing this. This is as bad as smoking. I don't know if this messaging will work with the government, but it's as dangerous. And we keep linking huge physical changes, right? Transformation photos with health. And it's not the case. We, we, we only need to lose a bit of weight over time and a bit more over time to achieve the health benefits of weight loss. And we need to do it in a slow and steady manner. So the reason I bring this up is because remember, it is before and after season. It is coming in your inbox. Your inbox is gonna start flooding in with, look at this transformation, lost 100 pounds in four days. And all these companies are gonna show you huge transformations and you're gonna start going, oh my God, yeah. Just remember the aftermath of those photos is always bleak. In most cases, always bleak. Our mental health, we need to focus on is our mental resilience, mental freedom, mental clarity improving at the same rate, if not quicker, than the, the weight we're losing. And that's what we should be focusing on. If we're feeling better, understanding our mind more, understanding our thoughts, not judging ourselves, losing weight slowly, feeling better in ourselves, and more energy to do the more important things in life, right? You can't measure on the photo. Can you? It's impossible. I'm not sure how we can measure in a photo. This is the trouble we got as turtle. How do we measure this type of success? I mean, people can say it, but it's something, it's something intrinsic that only you know about. So remember that. Remember that. Don't fall for these before and after photos. Um, they're just, it, ugh, ban them. I know we've used them in the past. Hypocrite come in here. We've used them as a company in the past and I mentioned before. We thought, in a sense, we, we have to do it because people need to see results. And you need to trust us. I just don't think it's, the, it's a step moving forward and going to make sure every single one's removed from the website. Well, I think they're all off the website, but if there's any floating about, we'll remove them. Okay, another study you want to share with you guys. You'll have a study Monday. Um, they looked at diet war. That's a study name, diet war. Fasting versus Mediterranean versus paleo. <laughs> okay, let's have a look then. New paper done by the University of Otago in New Zealand. In the study, 250 people who were classified as overweight or obese selected one of these diet approaches, intermittent fasting, the Mediterranean diet, or a modified paleo diet. They were given extensive written resources, 30 minutes of face-to-face -face instruction from a trained researcher and an exercise program. Then off they went for an entire year with little to no ongoing support, right? Looking <laughs> out. Okay. The idea is to mimic what happens when people adopt these diets in the real world. You might see your favorite influencer, favorite celebrity, favorite whatever, say they're on this new diet. You might try it and then there's no support and then you just try it. So it kind of is true that's how people do adopt new ways of eating. Would one outperform the other is a question. How many would stick to the diet? Okay, so study snapshot. 155 women, 95 men. Average age 43. Average body weight, 95 kgs, or that's 211 pounds. Average BMI, 33, okay? So intermittent fasting, so let's, let's define these things. So intermittent fasting studies, study participants could fast any two days a week of their choosing. On the fasting days, calorie intake was limited to 500 calories for women, 600 calories for men. 
Their fasting day meals could be anything they wanted, but they were advised to select foods rich in protein and low carbohydrate vegetables. On non-fasting days, participants could eat whatever they wanted, but were given a general recommendation to follow a sensible, healthy diet. The Mediterranean diet guidelines were based on the Harvard's Healthy Eating Pyramid and emphasised high amounts of fruit, veg, whole grains, breads, cereals, legumes. As I say, ah, legumes, legumes, nuts, seeds and olive oil with moderate amounts of fish, chicken, eggs, dairy and red meat once a week. Right, everything then. Um, modified paleo diets. Participants were instructed to emphasize fruit and veggies, animal protein, coconut products, butter, and extra virgin olive oil, and to avoid grains, sugar, and processed seed oils, which is canola, margarine. To improve adherence, however, some full fat dairy could be included, as well as one serving of legumes and grain-based foods. That's why stub modified, restrictive, isn't it? Okay. Here's what the study found, right? So 54% of the people opted for intermittent fasting and 53% of them adhered to it, you know, and the, the adherence is who stuck to it for 12 months, even if they didn't follow the guidelines. So I don't really know if that's adherence, but they basically said they tried it if it was on and off forever. So 54% picked it intermittent fasting, 53% of those people that picked it adhered to it, they lost eight pounds, okay? Eight pounds in a year. So, you know, how much is that worth? I don't know. Mediterranean, 27% of people picked this and they had a 57% adherence and they lost six pounds for the year. Modified paleo, 18% of people picked this. Adherence was 35% and lost four pounds. Okay, so intermittent fasting was obviously the most uh, popular choice, but the Mediterranean diet had the most adherence, right? Intermittent fasters lost the most weight. Paleo diet has lost the least. So remember the phrase I used there. The study said intermittent fasting people could eat whatever they wanted, but two days they would be strict, restricted calorie-wise, but they could eat whatever they wanted. No food was off. Modified paleo, they could only eat literally fruit, veg, animal protein, coconut, butter, extra virgin olive oil. Sounds horrible, like. Sounds terrible. Um, and here's an interesting stuff, right? Paleo diets had paleo dieters had the lowest intake of ultra processed foods. Intermittent fasters ate the least fiber and the most ultra processed foods. Even with that, they ate the least fiber, most ultra processed food. They still lost more weight than the paleo dieters who would be considered to eat more of the unprocessed foods. Blood markers didn't really improve. Health markers, nothing of significance happened, right? So the thing is, when they look into this study, you have to look at the split of the men and women who picked the diet. And what you found was the 55% of intermittent fasting people were, were women and 74% of the paleo people were women, right? So the more women in the group, the least successful it was. Does that make sense? So there possibly is a difference here. Like you, Women and men are different. We know this and when it comes to like food choices, deals, training, all this type of stuff. So it, the study would have been better if it was just women or just men, right? Because intermittent fasting was 50-50 man, man to woman, and the paleo was, you know, three women to one man, right? So maybe men, if there's more men in the group who were BMI of 33 plus in, on average, 
men have got tend to be heavier, right? Because they're bigger, you know, bigger, taller. So there is potential for more weight to be lost with men. So the more weight lost can skew those numbers of most weight lost over the year. Does that make sense? Like, there was a bigger potential of weight loss because of the men. So I'm not sure, in a sense, that intermittent fasting is better without than the other two. Um, but it's quite clear that, you know, from this study that it is, and this mainly due to the fact that they had open field in terms of the foods they could eat. They had slight restrictions. But here is the interesting part, guys. You haven't got to the interesting part, right? Here is the very interesting part. So weight loss, this was a 12 month study, right? This is, this is the kicker. Oh, this is the kicker. I can't wait to deliver it. In the last six months of the study, those in the intermittent fasting and paleo groups gained weight. Paleo, no, sorry, people on the Mediterranean diet lost just 1.5 pounds over the final six months. These results are similar to other diet studies that don't provide ongoing support. Early on, progress is encouraging, but over time, adherence stops. So much so that after a year, weight loss tends to backslide and be underwhelming. So here's what happens. Eat whatever diet you do, whatever diet you do, it can come off at the start. And then six months on, nothing moves, right? So they lost the eight pounds, six pounds, four pounds in the first six months. And then no progress for six months, even though they kept trying, right? The interesting part about this is because they don't know what's actually happening for the fat loss. They don't know what's going on. They think it's the magic diet, right? They think, oh, it's the intermittent fasting that's making me lose weight. No, it's not. It's the intermittent fasting putting you in a calorie deficit that's making you lose weight. And guess when you've lost a bit of weight, your maintenance will drop, right? And if you're not adjusting your calories and macros, right, and tracking your steps, you are going to be clueless because you don't know what to do next. This is the problem with my fitness pal. This is the problem with Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers, you go on, go on their email list, they say all the right stuff. Oh, progress over perfection. Eat all the food you want. Don't restrict yourself. They say all the right stuff. And they say, you know, don't restrict yourself. You know, track, they, they claim that tracking is heavily linked to weight loss, which is true, right? And they, they want you to be, they, they, say, they say something like they want you to be honest in their, um, in their email. I'm like, how about you be honest, uh, Weight Watchers? Stop hiding behind your stupid point system. Teach people the truth, which is the protein counts, fat calories. Why don't you change the company to stop with the bullshit at the points? Stop making out this your point system that makes people lose weight. But in fact, you're just putting people into a calorie deficit. That's all that's happening. And you're ma ma magically adding all this confusion so people think this magic system works and he's stuck in this bullshit system forever and ever. And then you can't get out of it. Right? That's what happens. Now, these other diets, it's the same thing that happens. You go on paleo, you think it is the paleo that's made you lose weight. No, it's not. It's the calorie deficit. Whatever diet works puts you into a deficit that will cause fat loss, right? So instead of being sort of bullshitting people about do this, do this, do this, got special effects, there's so many studies now that there's no difference if you're low carb, high carb, low fat, whatever. The things that need to remain, and it's clear, is def moderate deficit, so about 500 calories a day from, from your thing, which is what we put you on. High protein to maintain muscle mass, right? And, and make sure that you're not feeling starving all the time. And that over time, get steps in, right? And after six months, without ongoing support, these diets collapse. 
these dice collapse because they don't actually know what's going on. And because you don't know what's going on, you can't make the adjustments. Now guess what we've done? We've created an app that will make these adjustments for you. These are the app we've built with our Turtle Smart Mind algorithm will make these changes for you over time. You don't need to worry about what change should I make, whatever. We tell you, look, here's your macros, here's your step state, all this stuff. And then after you do a check-in, and maybe for a few weeks or whatever, we notice that, okay, maybe maintenance has dropped and you know the results are slow. And we'll say, look, we've dropped your macros a bit to make sure we keep that deficit going and explain it to you. And you go, okay, that's why. And you, you can go off and do it yourself if you want. You know, but it's much better that we have a system that looks at all of our data points, not just weight. We look at steps, we look at menstrual cycle, we look at stress, we look at how you feel emotionally, we look at your symptoms, we look at um, how your clothes are fitting, all this stuff. And we have a really smart algorithm that's learning. So there's an algorithm that learns from this with the end, with a goal we fix onto it. Like, look, we want people to achieve this type of these types of result, low stress. Um, decent fat loss over time but not too much and you know this and that we feed and we say this is the end but like in between that the changes are unique completely unique because it depends on the person right so just remember that you will meet people in the next few months your friends your family who are going to start these diets right and they are going to lose weight fast because that's what happens and they're going to tell you and brag to you about all the weight they're losing. And they might say, how much are you losing on your plan? And you go, well, I'm taking it slow and steady. Well, oh, I'm losing all this. And your mind will go, oh, I want to lose weight fast as well. Right? Just remember, give them a few months. Give them a few months. They'll, they'll stop. They're clueless. They have no more education on themselves. They've got no self-knowledge. They know nothing about protein, carbs, and fat, calories. They know nothing about energy expenditure. You know, They literally know nothing. They are so blind and they're kept blind on purpose. So that's the interesting stuff, guys. No matter what, even with intermittent fasting, all this type of stuff, even with intermittent fasting being you can eat whatever you want, it still has that limitation where it's not actually teaching you anything because it's just saying, eat this for this and that, for that, good luck, happy days, go away. And you go away and you go, yeah, it's not working anymore. What's going wrong? Is something wrong with me? <laughs> Nothing wrong with you. The foundations haven't been taught. So that's my little Monday rant for you guys. Just remember... The least restrictive way of eating is going to be the best, flexible approach. That's why you built the tools. You can eat whatever you want, hit your macros. You don't even have to hit the protein, carbs and fat goals we've given you. You can change them to whatever you want. You can lower your fat, increase your, whatever, right? Just try and hit your protein and the calorie goal we've set. Check in, let the data app analyze your data, happy days, whatever you do in between. Free, freedom, 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 freedom. And remember, like, this, the, the, the point of this entire thing is not for it to take over our lifestyle and plague our brain by thinking about it all the time. We have to think about stuff a lot to learn, to start with. But like, you drive a car, you have to think a lot to start with and learn. And then once you know how to drive a car, you don't have to think about it so much again. In fact, we probably don't even think about driving at all anymore, unless, you, you know, when you're driving. Kind of like that. Once we get into that mode and we've learned about ourselves, it's, it's, it's far easier, right? But... We want to be doing it in the way that's least restrictive, freedom. And you're on that path. You're on the freedom path. And it's the best path to be on. And I'm not sure there is another path when it comes to diet. And as soon as you start bringing in some form of this versus that food, that food's bad, elimination, all this stuff, then it starts going down the same path as every other diet and eventually will join the, their ranks and fight each other. So we've got to watch out for that. But guys, that's it. I'm done for today. 
enjoy yourself, get your one big thing done, use the app, use the morning entry in the app, please. When the new update comes, it's so much nicer to use, but please use it because it grounds you in the today, grounds you in the morning. You get your one big thing done, you get that done. Trust me, you do your one big thing once a day for 365 days a year. Imagine doing 365 one big things. It's mad, that'll change your life. So focus on your one big thing, get it done, put a smile on your face, and I'll see you on the radio.